This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. So who is my guest of this Friday? Well, what I can tell you about Mike Skripnik is that he is that unique, intuitive person who listens and sees your true self. He learned a long time ago that his greatest strength is seeing the potential in others, understanding the gifts that are unique to you, and developing ways to help you passionately build your business and life around them. In 30 years of working, consulting, and coaching others in the finance, business, and philanthropy, and experiencing his own entrepreneurial failures and successes, Mike has developed the knowledge, expertise, and skills needed to help you achieve your business goals. He has a custom toolkit full of strategies and tactics, committed to be the person in your life who gets you and gives you a chance to be the best you can be. Mike is an accomplished business owner, entrepreneur, five-time author, international speaker, and transformative entrepreneur coach. He is renowned as an authority for entrepreneurial and personal growth, showing people how to get freedom to live their best lives and helping them give back to their families, communities, and causes that matter most to them. His new and fifth book, Entrepreneur Secrets to a Grow, Get, Give Life, was just released this week. You can buy your paperback or ebook on Amazon or find it at www.growgetgivesecrets.com or Mike's website, which is www.growgetgive.com. He is a powerful speaker and has delivered hundreds of motivating presentations. Mike has shared his Grow, Get, Give philosophy with thousands thousands of entrepreneurs, business owners, charities, and the millionaire next door. Mike's quick learning style and innovative marketing ideas helped him envision and grow a dominant niche legacy, planning business focus on helping others give to the nonprofit industry. He sold that business years ago in his quest to share his business and philanthropic knowledge with impact-minded entrepreneurs like you, whose unique vision needs a champion. For his own big impact in business, he was the guide for entrepreneurs and affluent families to redirect $12.5 million in big impact giving to charitable causes between 
2012 and 2018. His work with passionate entrepreneurs like you will help grow this to over 100 million in the next decade. Mike understands how to differentiate and succeed. He has privately trained hundreds of passionate, impact-minded entrepreneurs to gain top-of-mind positioning with their prospective customers and grow their own unique business. Mike can teach anyone how to manage their time and their talent better to get more freedom to enjoy their lives and their family. Born in Calgary, Alberta, he now pursues his Grow, Get, Give life with his family in Squamish, BC, along the beautiful Sea to Sky Corridor. Mike enjoys the outdoor lifestyle of travel, snowboarding, and mountain biking. Wow, what a repertoire. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, my friend. How are you? I'm doing amazing. How about you, Lisa? <laughs> I'm doing well. I, I'm coming up for air here. That's quite the bio. But you know what? Good on you and kudos to you because that's a testament to how much you are truly walking the talk and to the degree that you are paying it forward, being of service and giving back, my friend. So good on you. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, kind of a life mission to work with impact mindset people. Well, absolutely. And this is what servant leadership is all about. This is why people like you are on my show on a weekly basis, because it's not just the, the success and the accolades. It's the spirit that my guests embody in which transmits not only on the airwaves uh, and provides inspiration for those around the globe who are tuned in, for which I'm always eternally grateful for. Um, but when people are always looking to my guests to go, okay, what can I do with my skill set? What can I do with my abilities uh, in which to also get on that gravy train of helping other people and anchor them up? So for what you're going to do in this hour, I just want to say thank you very much. Oh, it's it's going to be a pleasure. I can totally tell right now. <laughs> Fantastic. You have me smiling so, ear to ear already, Lisa. It's great. Well, I can hear it. I can tell who's smiling when they're on the air with me. This is awesome. So let's start with the book because this is a big deal and this is getting set to, to roll out. So I want to plug this. I want to give this as much emphasis uh, and, and people an opportunity to know outside of what I just did in the intro and letting it be known where people could find it. Let's talk about the book. Let's talk about the inception of the book. Uh, let's talk about the projected outcomes and the objectives you personally have as the author for what you want this book to do with readers, buyers, listeners, etc. That's a great menu item. Let's do it. Let's do it. <clears throat> Unpack um, it. <laughs> Unpack it. So Entrepreneur Secrets to a Grow, Get, Give Life is uh, my fifth book, which uh, is in itself just, it's always got me breath, uh, you know, holding my breath and hoping it all works out the same as every single book before it. Um, I help entrepreneurs grow their business, get more freedom and give back. That's my tagline and a grow, get, give philosophy is really my life mantra. And you kind of started off by talking about how, um, how to be a servant leader and how others can realize their big impact. And so it all started for me, this book really highlights uh, the culmination of a decade of a journey for me that started oh, way back when, you know, when the, it, when the dust settled on the dot com, I mean, the dot com, the financial crisis in 2008. Yes. Um, I was in the financial services industry and that was about year 13 for me. And I kind of was looking around at everything, wondering what the heck happened. You know, it's not that I didn't understand uh, scientifically or academically what was going on. But just to see the fallout of what was going on when people were reevaluating their own risks and their own life, it seemed to me that 
um, I was living two lives, you know? I was sitting there day to day in this Wall Street, Gordon Gecko, greed is good kind of world. And then on the periphery, in the evenings and weekends, I was volunteering with the, coaching this kid's soccer team on different boards, you know, just trying to be a huge input and volunteer into the community, right? And so here I was living this giving on one side and, you know, kind of taking on the other. And mm -hmm. you can imagine when, you know, when after the aftermath of the crisis, I was really looking at a place where I could just leap off and reinvent myself in a way. And so it started with, one sentence and uh, I put that on my whiteboard in my office and it was how do I give a million dollars a year to charity wow wow let's <laughs> right. go I've big. never done anything like that before <laughs> go big or go home right seriously that's well, huge totally I mean sometimes desperate times if you will and I wasn't feeling desperate but I was desperate to change the way I'd done things all along and what I wanted was this massive goal that was almost unattainable. In my mind at the time, it was like unattainable. I was like, how am I going to ever do this? I don't have a million dollars to give. And I've never even given tens of thousands of dollars charitably or helped others do it. So I just didn't know how to do it. And then the other question was, how do I do it in an industry um, that is really about hoarding capital and not giving it away? Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, so you touched upon a couple of things that I want to, I want to go back for the sake of impressing upon this with the listening audience and the podcast subscribers. So when you talked about kind of the dichotomy uh, in terms of, you know, I'm giving on one side, but I'm, I'm getting on the other side, you know, this is when we talk about in the realm of leadership, when we talk about mindset, you know, it's very important when we have like buzzwords or phrases such as walking the talk, it comes from congruency. Congruency means you have to be aligned. So philosophically, whether you're talking about your business model, whether you're talking about how you show up for people uh, in day-to-day -day life, whether it be your you know, close circle of, of friends, whether it be your different formats that you show up, your platforms, your social media, uh, it's really important to get congruent and to be congruently aligned. So outside of you having that kind of aha epiphany download moment where it was clear what you needed to write on your whiteboard, was there something else that showed up for you that, that calibrated that mindset for you where you became fully congruently aligned with yourself? At the moment, <laughs> no, but definitely, <laughs> but definitely after like six years of doing it, I, it all came to me. It was funny how I started was basically doing something that no one else was doing. My peers didn't understand it. They didn't even really want to talk to me because I didn't know what they thought I was crazy. And then my uh, clients or my prospects thought I was the fox in the hen house, right? So they're locking <laughs> the doors. They're like barring the windows and getting the shotgun. They were trying to keep me <laughs> as far away from charity as possible because I was the enemy after the, you know, the financial crisis. And yeah. so... I was really just driving this road of, um, you know, open, open kind of open road where I was, I really had no idea where I was going until um, I kind of got to the end and then it all kind of came to me. So the end was, I'm going to say it was a six year period where I hired the best coaches. I didn't know what I was doing and I just I hired everybody, read everything I could possibly do. I followed the people who'd done it before me and uh, I just did everything, right? That's what the book is all about. It's everything I did. I just stuck it in this book and I said, hey, if you want to do what I did, 
um, which was at the end of six years, have this massive impact I never thought possible, which is $12.5 million going to charity. How the heck could I do that? I'm just like this one guy who put up an idea six years earlier, and I didn't really get it. Fantastic. And so, go ahead. No, no, that's fantastic. But you you said something else that I want to talk about as well. Uh, Because I'm of the belief that purpose is not birthed out of passion. I believe purpose is birthed out of desperation. Now, although you went on to say that it wasn't that you were in like some type of crisis Uh, And that equating to what you meant by desperation. I'm going to break that down because I think desperation is something as simple as mediocrity, something like complacency, something that no longer serves you intuitively, something that seems counterproductive. And so I want to break that down for the listening audience and for the podcast subscribers, because it doesn't have to be a full on crisis for people to go. I'm sick and tired of the same old, same old. I don't feel like I'm really making a difference in this world. I don't feel like I'm showing up or being a true full-fledged contributor or rolling up my sleeves to any one given mission or plight or whatever the case may be. So let's talk about desperation and let's talk about what that means to you. And let's talk about the people that you are providing service to, whether you're calling it your coaching clients, your mentoring clients, and some of the transformation that you have been able to facilitate for them, with them. Sure. Now, desperation, you know, it's great that you kind of seized on that because you know, I, I certainly would say that less than a desperate need, I guess the desperate need was that driving urge within, you know, that thing that just says, I can't live with the status quo, just like you said, um, mm-hmm. there's got to be a better way. And, and then the other question would be, what if, what if I yes. just did this, right? And so that's where it kind of, it all just like was firing up and it, it took me off in a particular direction. And, you know, at the end of it, I looked back and I went, what or at the end of it, it's just beginning, right? I just helped mm-hmm. baby boomers for six years and then it turned out to be a decade and I turned my attention to entrepreneurs, just as you suggested. My coaching business is all about helping people who are 20 years younger than the group I had helped before. See, I was helping rich people <laughs> effectively <laughs> transition their wealth and give it away, you know, and pay less taxes and pass it on, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And they kept sitting in a, in a meeting with me and they were equally as desperate to figure things out and I would tell them and give them ideas and strategies. And what they would do is go, I only wish I knew that 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Only wish I knew that 20 years ago. And I said, well, there's a clue, Mike. Why don't you start teaching all the wisdom that you learned to the people who are in that 35 to 55-year-old, you know, growing their business, right? What if they did it and learned how to do it while they were actually doing this, while they're growing their business, how do they give back? So the desperation, if you will, of others trying to, make sense of their status quo ended up helping me turn my focus to those who uh, were younger. And that's how, how I turned my attention to coaching entrepreneurs is that was an easy shift in my opinion, you know, but there's another thing, Lisa, and I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. know. I think I shared it in the book and, and I I don't know if you want to get to it right now, but this is. Yes. Right now, right now. Those desperate moments. Right. So, so when I finally had that epiphany, and said, this is my calling. This is the passion I have, a purpose that's, I guess, bubbled up, if you will, from that past aspiration. You know, what, and then the actions I take to make it happen. I thought back to why it mattered so much to me. And I had a few conversations with people in my life that really mattered. You know, I had one contact. I helped her write her book. 
and uh, she was just a fantastic friend of mine. And she said, Mike, you know what you need to do? People think that you're pretty intimidating until they get to know you. All you have to do is smile a little more. And I started smiling a bit more, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> I know that was one thing, but listen to this. It was this tip of the iceberg for three big conversations that changed everything. I met another fellow named Vaughn, and Vaughn helped me shape an idea of what um, what my why was. And I just I invested 97 bucks because I just wanted to talk to him for an hour. And uh, he went through my, his regular discovery process with me. And he, he kept pressing, like, you're in the financial service industry. You're leaving it to help entrepreneurs give money to charity. Like, what are, what are you, silly? Like, stay in the financial <laughs> services industry. But my heart wasn't it, right? I didn't yeah. have a passion for that any longer. And, but he kept pressing. And I went, oh, what is it? What is it? And then it hit me. And then a week later, I'm driving home with my wife from a big talking, a speaking event we used to host. And uh, the, the RSVPs were like 37 people and six people showed up, right? And we're like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> I'm like, RSVP, 37 people said they're showing up. I booked the room, I got the space, we're ready to go, and six people show up. It was great, but mm -hmm. you know, I was like scratching my head and I was cursing a bit as to why the message wasn't connecting. Because mm -hmm. I wanted to help others give 100 million away. If I, my wife said, what hit me just like a ton of bricks, she said, you're not telling your real, she goes, you are fun, entertaining, interesting, and people can't really get their heads around this $100 million goal you have because you're not telling your real story. They're not connecting. And I went, okay, well, let's do this. Uh-huh. And we got a little bit real, you know, in one of those moments of getting real. Yes. And getting real, she says, so why do you coach? And this happened when Vaughn asked me too. And I thought back to my youth. And when I was 18 to 28, I think we all have really interesting, I'm sure everyone's had interesting times in their 20s, right? Absolutely. Um, but I had this moment in time where I thought I had the world by the tail. I was working like a dog. I was, you know, running my first in Western Canada's largest personal training agency. I thought everything was kind of going my way, but I was playing hard at night as well as a 22, 23-year-old and I got mono, and my roommates and I didn't have a good relationship, so I ended up living back at my parents' house at age 23, going on 24, with mononucleosis in the basement suite, um, watching the O.J. Simpson trial. Wow. Right, and, it, <laughs> and I'm <laughs> lying there on a couch, barely able to move, watching all the stuff I had worked for slowly start to dissipate, right? Mm -hmm fade away because here I was um, the soul and heart of the business I had done with zero business knowledge because I was a kinesiology grad and <laughs> here I was going I don't know anything about anything and I watched the, the the hazard which is I didn't build a good business and when I was on the couch for three weeks my business started to tank mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I got so I got a little desperate myself and I picked up some books at the same time and started reading, you know, Seven Healthy Habits, um, you know, Think and Grow Rich, all the mm -hmm. wonderful, great cornerstone books. And I began to, to start to take some steps forward. But, I, but what it really was, what my real story was and why it matters that I'm a serving leader and a mentor to others is that in that window of a decade, I just did not have any good mentors. And mm -hmm. my family were incapable. They were so warm, loving, and kind, but they were incapable. And it was five nights 
when I was 23 years old, 1994, giving away my age, that I locked the door every night to my basement suite. Now, I was a fit guy, and I had nothing really to be concerned about. But during those five nights, I thought my dad might come down the stairs and kill me. Wow. And you say that, and you thought that, why? Well, my dad suffered from schizophrenia. Okay. Okay. In his and life. So and he's been... Go ahead. No, no. I'm, I was just going to say, and feel free to peel back the onion. We, I mean, because this is all about going deep. This is all about living fearlessly. So, I mean, that would be a moment of desperation. And you were already feeling vulnerable because you were fragile in your own health. And you were starting to, as you said, you were starting to see your business dissipate. You were starting to see things starting to implode. So you take the culmination of all of those things then it comes down to, regardless of what people's circumstances, people I interview, but let's just use what you've just said here as it applies to you specifically. So, you know, it, it comes down to fundamentally, it's a choice, right? You can subscribe to victimology or you can go, okay, there's a lesson within this. There's something bigger, whether I can foresee it and envision it completely at this particular juncture does not matter. But if I know that I've got to change my mindset, I've got to recalibrate, and this is all about personal choice as to what the trajectory of my journey is going to be, then let's talk about in that moment when you thought your dad was coming down the stairs based on schizophrenia, you thought he was going to kill you, you were not already feeling on your A game for all the reasons that you cited. So what, what catapulted you into, like, no more? Like, no more? <laughs> well... Well, it's, it's interesting because, you know, it wasn't that he was aggressive. I, it just, he was in a deep depression. My parents coincidentally were losing their business. Bylaws had changed. Their, their company was under attack. They were working twice as hard for half the money, minus 20. They had an outdoor sign installation company. So, you know, minus 20 winners in Canada are a little taxing when you're in your 50s. And, and so he went to bed. concerned that if he decided to you know take his own life that my mom and I might be fall victim to that it was my imagination purely my imagination but I imagined that that could possibly be an outcome and you know on day six the fog had cleared a little bit and we we're all good again but for those moments it reminded me of the fact that people in my life were incapable of providing me coaching and mentorship during a period in my life that it probably would have mattered more than anything had someone been able to intervene. And so I found a series of wrong mentors over the next 15 years. And that's where I bring it all back to the financial crisis and the $1 million goal is because at that moment, I was able to find the right coaches and mentors and bring them into my life because I just changed that tune. I changed that pattern and made a conscious effort to do it. Now, it took me a long time, right? So my guess, looking back, the thing that I want to do is change that for every entrepreneur I can work with. And that is have that moment with them where when they needed it the most, I was there for them. I have the tools. I mean, Lord knows I've had the experience, the tools, the tactics, the tricks. I know them all, right? Okay, maybe I know, I don't, you know, the older we get, we don't know them all. We actually learn we know nothing, but, right. <laughs> but I can help, right? right. <laughs> but I know I can help. And so the whole um, experience of realization that 
all it takes in an entrepreneur or a business person or anyone's life is the right mentor, the right person in their life to identify what makes them unique, to lift them up and give them the energy and push them forward, pull them forward, drag them forward, have them realize what it is within them that makes them so great. Because when that comes out and we apply proper tactics and strategies to it, people can have a major impact in the world around them, in themselves, their family, their community, and the causes that matter most. So there's just no stopping anyone. And for me, that's just, that's the burning desire. That's the fire within for me. That's what wakes me up every day is if I can affect and help people in that moment, maybe not in that moment of crisis, but the moment of really needing someone to be there and identify and help, um, then, you know, then I've done a big thing in this world. Absolutely, you have. Absolutely, you have. And I want to talk a little bit about mentorship because not unlike yourself, uh, and I can appreciate what you're saying, because once upon a time when I felt I was sitting in the abyss, I didn't feel like I had a good infrastructure of role models or mentors myself. And that's when I latched on no differently to yourself, you know, Steve Covey books and all the things. And I refer, they are, they were my intangible mentors. And so, you know, there's content everywhere. There's books everywhere. So regardless of your financial situation, regardless of what your own infrastructure of support is or is not, there is so many resources at every single person's disposal that by choice and by taking actionable steps, you can seriously get yourself out of the abyss and you can get yourself transplanted on the trajectory of where it is you say you want to go that's going to be more congruently aligned with who you truly are to the core of who you are in moving forward. Um, So I love that you said that because everybody's like, well, you know, I can't afford a mentor. I can't afford to go to a mastermind or, you know, I'm not necessarily as, as, and I'm not, I'm a little bit inept in terms of, you know, who's within the realm of personal growth, personal development. I wouldn't have the first clue as to who to seek out as a prospective mentor. Well, you know what? Go to the bookshelves, go to the bookstores, go to the library, go on, do a Google search. I mean, this stuff <laughs> is all at people's disposal. Um, so I'm really glad that you spoke a little bit about the intangible mentorship component, uh, because that's been part and parcel, again, of every guest who I've ever showcased, where they had to, like, seek out those resources before it turned into an actual physical person. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you know, like I, I say this quote, I say when I teach people how to write their own book or find their own or help build their mountain of credibility is um, within the wisdom of books lies all the answers to anything you ever wanted to know. Like it's there And, and reading is so key. Yes, absolutely. It is absolutely. Well, and coming from the person who's what written five books now. Yeah. I would say that, that you've got the merit and the credibility to sit, go on record as saying that. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And, and so, and so like with that, with that phrase in mind, with that, belief in mind, I put all the secrets in there. And I said, you know, and it's not just about um, growing your wealth, right? And Mm -hmm. it's not just about giving back. It's about the freedom, Mm -hmm. you know, about the freedom. Like grow, get, give is a mantra that is to be uh, both serving, for me to serve others, one to serve themselves and to lead because it's an aspirational philosophy to help people grow their wealth and impact. So how do you do that, right? And I had to learn because as the fox in the hen house, as I said before, I needed some credibility. 
Yes. So Lisa, this is uh, five bucks earlier, maybe a white paper in, and I needed to get some credibility. So I figured out that in order to get access to people and convince them to assure them that I was there to serve and not to pillage, I needed to build up the credibility. So I built what I call, and now what I train is a mountain of credibility, Mm -hmm. right? Papers, speaking events, being on the radio, and, and books and books and books, right? And that got me in places where they would slam the door in my face or hang up the phone, um, even back then, you could almost hear the phone instead of the little button click you off, <laughs> right? But, yeah. but you, instead of doing that, they would say, we need to talk to that guy because he seems like the authority, the subject matter expert. Let him come in for the interview or the discussion or the meeting or whatever. And I got the five minutes, which always inevitably turned into 90 minutes. Mm, beautiful. Right? Which carved Beautiful. and paved the way for me to help. And once I got my foot in that door over and over and over again, I realized that that's not a one-off, that I need to continue that for the rest of my days. How yes. do I continue to grow this mountain of credibility with books and speaking and radio and all of these things to allow my podcasts like this? These are the things that allow you to position yourself so others can learn before they buy right? That's the end of it. They're either going to follow or buy me, right? And and the only way they can do it is if they get a taste of what my soul, my passion, and maybe how I can help them is going to actually transpire. Okay. Well, you you said a lot of wonderful nuggets there. So, and I'm trying to hold all these simultaneous thoughts. I don't want to lose them. So when we go back to wealth, you know, I, let's let's extrapolate that because, you know, currency, as we know, is defined in so many different aspects. And I go to the abstract and I go to the gray. I don't focus on black and white. So when we talk about currency, you know, when we talk about the currency of not only yourself and the ways that you show up and all the products and services that you have as the attractor factor and the credibility factors to substantiate that, Mike, but it's also the currency of self-belief, self-worth, self-concept, self-esteem. Uh, you know, you have to have immense belief in who you are before you can ever expect people to authentically buy into you, not just buy into you and your messaging and, and establish that field of resonance where it's like, aha, uh-huh, vibe attracts tribe, law of attraction, found my guy in Mike, found my, my leader in Mike, found, you know, my author in Mike. It's, you know, it, it, people will flock to you based on the energy that you emit out there. It's the boomerang effect. And, and I mean, you are so fired up. I mean, I lo- <laughs> you know, you are so fired up because I, I'm constantly interviewing successful people, but not everybody has this cadence that you have in the way that you speak. You are so on fire. You are so in the zone. Um, so let's talk about currency. Let's talk about currency of self. You know, um, one of my most... One of my most favorite people who I had the pleasure of meeting and, and listened to her speak was Lisa Gibbons. You know, she won the Celebrity I Apprentice. Former, her. Right? Isn't she amazing? Yeah, she right. is. So, so Lisa Gibbons, and I quote her often, and she said this. She said, kindness is the currency of influence. Yes. Right? And she lives and, and breathes that mantra as well. And it's true. Now, kindness, you know, it's not that... You know, if you've met Lisa, uh, Lisa, and you've talked to her, Lisa, you know this woman means business. Like she is, absolutely, she is the friendliest, shrewdest person I've ever met. Like she doesn't mess around, but she's like so kind, right? Mm-hmm. And 
and when you consider what kindness means, kindness doesn't just mean, you know, um, thank you and please and, you know, the, the, the soft fluffiness of it. Kindness is being true, authentic, and genuine with other people to share uh, maybe your vulnerabilities or your true self such that they may enjoy it and be lifted up and energized as well. So kindness is just being able to allow yourself and give permission to be as good, honest, genuine, and helpful as possible. I think that, that's what it really means to me. Absolutely. Okay, so while we're breaking down uh, definitions from your perspective, what does living fearlessly mean to you? I mean, clearly you are. Clearly you've exhibited that. You demonstrate that consistently and you embody that. But what does it mean for you, Mike? Living fearlessly, Lisa, it means this. Okay. <laughs> Basically every freaking day. No. <laughs> like, so we have like on a personal level, we have a family mantra of do epic shit, right? Yes. That, and that is just it's our goal to kind of get into places of discomfort with our following our passions and just push it just a little more. Right. And do that as regularly as possible. But in, in life and in business, what I really look at is the challenge, the challenge and fearlessly, if you live with fear, my fear is not improving. Right. Yes, my biggest fear is not moving forward, not improving, like becoming stagnant and useless and not being part of a contributing part of the community in the world, right? So mm -hmm. moving forward all the time is improving constantly with a desire to learn more, to give more, to get more, right? All of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so for me, living fearlessly is waking up every day, you know, championing that, going after it. You know, starting from like, hey, like I got a book here and I got another one on the way in a few months. Like I'm already working on another compilation project. You know, here it is. Like, why not? I think the question that I said is, you know, in the big picture, what if? What if what would mm -hmm. happen if? Right. The other question is, why not? Yes. Thank right? you for why saying not? that. Yes. Uh, because I say this to people all the time when people say, you know, and this is this is um, counterintuitive talk when people say, why me? As if to say my voice isn't big enough. My presence isn't big enough. I don't have enough impact. I don't have enough influence. I don't have all these things. Well, no, you're asking the wrong question. The question should be, why not you? Why not you? Why, <laughs> no, not, why not you, not Mike? You? Yeah, why not you, Mike, and why not me, Lisa, and why not all the global listeners and the podcast subscribers that are tuned into my show? It is a miracle even to just be born into this planet, uh, yeah. statistically. Statistically speaking, it is a freaking miracle. So if you're going to <laughs> not value that or appreciate that or embrace that for the gift that it is, then as far as I'm concerned, if your whole day-to-day the mindset that carries you through 24-7, oh, got to pay that bill, oh, got to do that laundry, oh, got to go pick up the kids from school. If that is your mere existence, you have missed the boat on the miracle of this life. And I say, shame on you. I do. I absolutely do. And I'm not here, about here. And I'm not about shaming people at all. But like, let's put this into perspective, people. You've got one life, regardless of whether you believe in reincarnation or once you die here, that's it. Game over for the rest of eternity in the ether. That doesn't matter. 
if all we have now is the promise of, of what today is in the in the material physical world, what are you doing to make that matter? What are you doing to make that count? And what are you doing to pay it forward for the collective, the masses? Because it's not about us. It's about the bigger picture of everyone. It is. And, you know, I, I often, so, you know, as a coach uh, and, and a speaker and, you know, I'm constantly have uh, you know working to engage others right to bring them along in whatever journey it is that I'm I'm kind of charging forward in and help them realize their own journeys right mm -hmm. and so often and I, I'll admit over the years you know before I really understood it it's so often people hesitate and they consider you know maybe I will maybe I won't but why wouldn't you invest time energy money whatever it is to improve yourself why wouldn't you buy a book that might have a secret that you didn't know that could improve you and move you forward incrementally so that in the future you, have, you know, add those all up and you've got this exponential difference, right? Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you start hanging out, hiring, working with, joint venturing with coaches and mentors and other people like you with the same mindset? Why wouldn't you do that? Why, you know, you would never ask an athlete who's aspiring to the top of the levels of all athleticism and whatever sport they do, you'd never ask them to, to go and you'd never see them go out and start hanging with the teams that were losing all the time. <laughs> nah, -uh. they go out and they go start hanging with wizard winners. They go on the select team, they go on the next team, they go on the thing and they go on to the next, next, next level. They rehearse and practice with the best of the best. You see yes. all the pro athletes off season. They're not training with the guy at the gym at the local whatever, right? The local worlds or golds. They're training with a little small group of the absolute best ever in a, a private situation getting absolute the top level training, right? Absolutely. Good example. No one, no one Good trains metaphor. down. Why would you train down? Well, and, and, and you know what? Thank you for saying that because that really, that's, in, that, that's interconnected with what I say about never dummy down. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, however you want to whatever category you want to put that in and how it could potentially apply. Never dummy down, never dummy down with, you know, the people that you're hanging with. Never dummy down with how you're spending your time. Never dummy down with not fulfilling your potential, not reaching, maximizing, expanding and outgrowing and superseding your potential because there's no expiry date to growth. There's no expiry oh. date. And the minute you start putting a cap on it and say, okay, well, once I accomplish that, that's the end all be all. Well, no, actually it's not. And if you get complacent in thinking that that's all you can do, or that's all you're here to do to aspire to achieve, then you've missed the boat. You've missed the boat. You've totally missed the boat. I, I talk like, so there's growth section in the book and then there's a get section, right? And the get section really is all about processes and people and systems, but on a deeper level, it's about freedom, mm. right? Freedom, yes. how much are you going to pay? What will you pay? What will you invest for your freedom? Freedom as an entrepreneur or a human being, right? And yes. I start that entire, like I do talk about how to hire the right people, the processes you put in place, the great books and tools you can use to streamline it so you're not working on in your business all the time and you can be away from it all the time. But I start the entire section of get more freedom with mastery. Yes. Climbing the level to the top of mastery because that's a magical moment. And when you can achieve mastery, you have complete freedom because you don't sweat any of the small stuff.
You never worry about the little things, the details, because they take care of themselves. When you are a magical, that's mastery at its finest, right? Absolutely. So if you strive for mastery in your life and you strive for mastery in your business and whatever it is you do well and passionately, you'll achieve the freedom you want because everything falls into place if you've gotten to that level. Okay, so let's talk about that again to impress upon for the benefit of the listening audience and for the podcast subscribers. So if somebody were to say outside of the, you know, the definition of mastery, but in the way that you want it to resonate and for it, the message to land here, how would you know that you have honed mastery? How would you know that you have harnessed mastery? What shows up that would be indicative of that to be true? There's a couple key things. One is... You get there and you realize there's so much more to do. Yes. <laughs> right? True. When you finally realize that you've reached your goal, but there's now three more new goals above it, then you're mm-hmm. probably there. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no looking back. Secondly, you've gone through some stuff. Because yes. on the road to mastery, we inevitably all have challenges. It's like, if you think about it like a ski run, right? Green runs, like that's where people learn. That's where the little kitties are learning and training. And then you get to blue runs. And most people on the way up to intermediate, um, they can pretty much hang there all the time. And I think most people go through their lives on blue runs, right? It's a safe way to go. And occasionally I'm going to like go crazy and try one black run. And then, and then some people get nervous and scared on those black runs. And they go, okay, I'm going back to the blue run. I'll never do that again. I just want to mm-hmm. have a nice cruiser right? But it's in the black run when you start testing yourself. And this is testing yourself when you don't know what the heck you're doing, (laughs) right? You don't know what you're doing, but you're like, I'm competent enough. I'm going to just send it, right? And Mm -hmm. so you're in this position where you're trying and not everything is going to work and you're going to get some setbacks. And in that little setback or that little hook um, between rising all the way to like mastery, You've got this black run thing going on where you injure yourself or you have a setback or you blow something in your business and you're like, why am I, why is this not working? You go into this little dip, you get help, you research, you get help, you get objective opinions, you get coaches, you get people to give you input and then boom, you take off. There you and go. And it's in that experience that mastery is realized. Beautiful. Right? Wow. And then of course, once you're there, you're like, okay, uh, now what? It's like, yeah. I'll tell you a great story. You'll love this. This is hilarious. So my son, he's, a, he's on his way to World Cup downhill mountain bike racing. Like he's one of those kids I get to watch. Um, you know, I knew a lot of pro athletes after they were pros and they always said, oh, I always knew I was going to do it. But I'm watching mastery happen in front of my eyes. We're so yeah. lucky. But the funny story is this. So, he, so I'm not a tall guy. Let's just say I'm, I, you know, I'm average at best. Okay. okay. In, on, in the morning with good shoes on. And so <laughs> here we are. <laughs> and so my son at a very young age at 12, 13 years old, he's like, I'm going to be tall as you, dad. I'm going to be as tall as you. And he got there. Right. Mm-hmm. And he got there and he looked at me, looked me square in the eye and was like, I could see it. He was disgusted. He's like, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any good genetics in our family for high or tall people. But now he's six feet tall and he's just 15 years old. So wow. <laughs> So now I'm looking at him now. He went on to mastery, if you will. He mastered the height thing. Um, But it's just like that. You get to the point that you've achieved what you set out to achieve, and then you set your sights on something higher. 
Love it. Love it. Well, and it's also, and this isn't my phrase that I've coined, but I apply this. I say this because, you know, how do we learn repetition, repetition? I say this often, you know, you have to believe it to see it. So using your prime example of your son uh, in relationship to height, you know, he saw it long before it came to fruition. I, like, I really believe in the power of the mind. I believe like, there's too many crazy things that have happened in this world where people would go or they're, they're more inclined to refer to things as a coincidence or it's luck or you've got horseshoes up your ass or whatever the case may be. <laughs> no, no. It, it's like you so held on to that belief that you spoke it into existence. You spoke it out there to the ether. You held a vision for yourself that perhaps nobody else saw for yourself which doesn't ne it never matters it only matters that you see that for yourself and then in the real physical material world you do and take the actionable steps you feed yourself with the right self-dialogue you mentor you know you, you get coachable you be coachable you align yourself with the right people and boom bang before you know it you are at that point where you are in mastery mode and what you said and professed and, and declared as wanting to show up in your life there it is there's no there coincidence to that there it is boom. there it is boom yeah there's right? no coincidence to that none and there is none but building a mountain Building a mountain of credibility, building a mountain of success or profit equals impact at the top of your business takes time. You know, you how do you move a mountain? Well, you move it one stone at a time, right? So building this takes time. It's not this, no one is an overnight success. No one. Right? No. It's not, that's not how it happens. They chisel away, they chip away, they plan, they build, they plan, they build, they fail, they plan, they build, they fail. They start, and then as you climb this mountain, as you move this mastery process along, you start to recognize that you're right, Lisa, you said it earlier, the people around you matter. Your habits matter. Your yes. progress matters. The constant desire to learn and grow matters. All of these things accumulate until you've reached this kind of summit. And then of course you're sitting at the summit looking around and if you're thinking about business and life, there's no one else competing with you anymore. Mm -hmm. When you're at the top, all you see is blue sky, right? Yeah. So now you've set your own category, you've created your own opportunity and you've got nothing but upside in front of you. But until you've done the work, you can't get there. That's right, that's right, absolutely true. And so, you know, being cognizant of time, there's a few different things. So if there was one takeaway, because you, you unpacked a lot, everything you said was pivotal. <laughs> everything you said was inspirational. Everything you said was paramount. Uh, it, it's all wonderful. It's all here for the podcast listener to just play back, take notes, reach out to you. But if there was one absolute takeaway from your messaging, your branding, that you would want the listening audience and the podcast subscribers to most have heard and resonate with you, what is that, Mike? For impact, you truly do have to understand how you grow, how you grow yourself and your impact, how you find freedom, how you get freedom for yourself, and truly how you serve yourself, your family, your community, and others. That's it. If you know how to do that for yourself, that grow, get, give, if you live that philosophy, check all the boxes every time, you'll find that impact you seek. And, you know, the life and the world of wealth and profit 
is impact and you'll be rich as you could possibly be. Beautiful. Okay, let me ask you this then. So for Grow, Get, Give to be truly um, possible, okay? So break this down for me. Does it have to be 100% in the grow department, 100% in the get department, and 100% in the give department? Like what's the ratio, what's the formula for this to show up for people? So your attention always needs to sort itself in the give department, right? Because if we don't give to ourselves and live healthy and sleep right and eat right and get exercise and do cool things, we're not going to have that growth anyways. But Mm -hmm. grow and get, if you think about it really simply, Lisa, it's either you have no time or you have no money, right? Mm-hmm. And people need to achieve a way to grow the wealth or grow and get the time. And so sometimes people have a lot more, some people are doing really, really well financially and they seem to be doing well in their business and success. And then if you talk to them privately, they're cursing on their way home at eight o'clock because <laughs> another 12 hour day just happened. Right? Yeah. And they need time. So when you free up the time, their life becomes so much more full. They create, they innovate, and they feel better, right? They have more time to give back. And so Mm -hmm. they're more about levers. It's really about which lever do you need to pull on or which one do you need to push? Mm -hmm. So if you think about a proportion, it's whatever proportion your bucket or cup or whatever needs to be full. And where are you full now? And sometimes you're full in a negative way. The ultimate, though, Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach always would say this, is work less, make more, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. If you get more freedom to think and innovate and create and you, you can work on yourself and work on giving, people get more from you. They, you can give back and you actually earn more or you earn more wealth and prosperity, not, numer- not money-wise, not monetarily, but in everything. So they're really about le- levers. You pull on each one. You apply the pressure where needed and you give the support where needed. So it's grow, get, give. It's about checking the criteria. Beautiful. Beautiful. And it's knowing that, you know, to maintain or to sustain that equilibrium, it's really asking yourself the key questions. So am I more in a deficit in the give department today, but I'm, you know, running at a, at a surplus in the grow department, you know, so to be truly aligned with that formula of grow, get, give, because it's going to vacillate every day based on unforeseen circumstances, based on your mindset, based on whatever. So, you know, to really have that down pat to be in the flow you really have to know when you're out of alignment with any one of those particular categories or perhaps all three correct absolutely i mean just think about it like a stool you know or a triangle what what is the most stable if one of your legs is short or longer than the other then you're not in harmony and you and you're not going to be stable you know grow get give is three-legged stool and so Mm -hmm. stand on that sit on it find the equilibrium find the strength in each leg and you can raise it up, but don't do each one differently. And then you just have to work. You're not, it's not like shoving matches, a matchbook underneath the, <laughs> underneath the <laughs> leg of the table when it's crooked. Like you actually have to do some work, right? right? But once you've done it, you've stabilized, equalized yourself, and now you're set for more growth. So it's really that fundamental strength that you're looking for from those three things. Beautiful. So Mike, you know, every person who I talk to who's mastered some level of success, um, they have they have been able to accomplish that and stay in the zone of ongoingly be in that momentum zone drive, whatever. 
uh, based on their own mantras, based on their own daily regimen, based on their own whatever. So what do you do that's part and parcel of your daily regimen that you do not deviate from so as to ensure that you are always in flow with self? <laughs> I, I, I get up early. Yeah. I get up early every day. That's a real key. Yeah. Um, I exercise and breathe every day. I eat well pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. So those things matter. I love my family every day. Give gratitude for why I'm here every day. Beautiful. My work habits are I chip away at trying to accomplish three things every single day. Mm-hmm. I try to accomplish at least one key thing that will grow my business, advance me forward. Um, I try to accomplish one get thing that will get me more freedom. Either people, processes, or systems bring that into my life for more freedom. And I do one thing at least that gives back, right? So I just do one of each thing, knock down three things a day, every day of your life. Um, you know, you're doing a thousand things a year. You're crushing it. Five, ten yes. years. Imagine what you do. So it's always about building that mountain. And it doesn't start by laying down a massive mountain. It starts chip by chip, stone by stone. Well, I would say that you've definitely exceeded your quota in the gift department because for all the listeners that are tuned into the show and the podcast subscribers and the way in which that you've just imparted your nugget, uh, your, your yummy nuggets and wisdom and inspiration, <laughs> I mean, you know, like people are going to be going, okay, I can't not, after having listened to this, sit on my laurels here, I got to go do something. And seriously, I feel like I want to take a run around the block just because of your like <laughs> energy. Like seriously, your energy oh. is so infectious. But it, it really does light a fire under people. It really, really does. I can see how people, their, their results, working with you, working in tandem and partnership with you, uh, would accelerate their growth momentously because you're, you're just like, wow. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it, Lisa. Like, I'm really good live. Like, come see me. Anyone has to get in my presence. It's super fun. We have a great time. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I don't doubt that. And this is certainly a good testament because this is just your voice on radio. Never mind how, you know, dynamic you are on a stage. I can just imagine what that looks like. So I want to give you another opportunity before we close out the show here, my friend. Uh, where can people buy your book? Where can people connect with you for an initial consult? Uh, where can people, you know, just absorb all your yumminess? social media, website, whatever. Where can people plug in and find you? You got it. Entrepreneur Secrets to a Grow, Get, Give Life. My fifth book is available on Amazon and Kindle and paperback form. You can also find it at my website, growgetgive.com. Growgetgive.com. You cannot miss it. You'll find everything you need to know about reaching out to me. Info at mikescripneck.com. By a vowel, there's not many in that name, but info <laughs> at mikescripnick.com is how you can just email. I respond. We respond right away. So look at the book at Amazon. Check out my website at growgetgive.com. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. You can find me on LinkedIn. And you can get a whole pile of information that you might need to know to connect with me. Because I love dealing and working with entrepreneurs and bright people and, you know, this optimistic mindset and hope that these type of people have for the future. Beautiful. 
Well, Mike, you're always welcome to come back on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald because for somebody like you who's staunchly and fiercely committed to your own rapid growth and momentum, you're going to have all kinds of things at incremental times during any calendar year where there's something new to plug. There's a new product, there's a new service, there's a new book, there's a new whatever. Uh, so for what you've done for myself and the listening audience and the networks here today, I want to say personally and professionally, thank you. You are a gem. You are a breath of fresh air. I am so invigorated right now. I seriously need to go work out or something. Um, <laughs> do I do. I do. And I've got to look at my grow, get, give uh, my three areas. And what what is that going to look like for me in showing up for other people? So I just want to say thank you from the center of my heart. Thank you for everything you continuously do as a servant leader to pay it forward to be of service uh really you're doing amazing things cannot thank you enough and to my listening audience i too want to thank you for showing up for myself and my guest mike here today on living fearlessly with lisa mcdonald i don't take any of that lightly nor do i take it for granted i'm exceptionally clear on my purpose my purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more until next friday when we're joined by yet another phenomenal guest i want to wish you all my best have a safe fantastic, fearless weekend. Love and gratitude, my friends. Take care and to you as well, Mike. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and AHA That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.